0: Hi, everyone. We are releasing a special episode today. We want to use Juneteenth as an opportunity to discuss an issue that we are really passionate about at Not Sorry, and that is prison abolition. The reason that we are discussing this on Juneteenth, a holiday commemorating emancipation of enslaved African-Americans is because the United States prison industrial complex is one of the places in our society where it is most strikingly clear that America has failed in its commitment to emancipation. Black Americans make up 13% of our population, but they make up nearly 40% of our prison population. Additionally, nearly half of people incarcerated in state prisons in 2015 were convicted of nonviolent crimes. In the Harry Potter books, we are in pretty regular conversation with the wizard justice system. We see past trials and current ones. We watch political prisoners who are exploited due to their marginalized identities, like Hagrid, get incarcerated. And we watch innocent men like Sirius nearly given the death penalty. This book, Prisoner of Azkaban, feels like the right book to pause and look closely at our justice system. And Juneteenth seems the perfect day for us at Not Sorry to pause and advocate for radical prison reform. As you all know, I have had a really hard time defining hope for myself. And the definition that I have come to love is the belief that people in the world can change for the better. This community has taught me that kind of hope. And so I invite you to gather around this issue, which I believe, is one of the human rights violations that is going on in this country. You are now going to hear a conversation between me and Alicia Brown, who is one of the lead organizers for the Final Five campaign, an organization that is advocating for closing the last five juvenile detention centers in the state of Illinois. Alicia is a fellow with the Michael McConnell Peace with Justice Youth Fellowship with American Friends Service Committee. Alicia is a restorative justice practitioner, circle keeper, and abolitionist. She enjoys writing and was recently published in the Envisioning Justice Circular Concepts Resource Guide, Incarcerated Mothers, Illinois Humanities, for a poem called Heads Up Alicia. Additionally, she performs pieces that she has written and will read us her poem at the end of today's episode. Alicia, thank you so much for joining us.
1: For sure. Um, Thank you for having me.
0: So, Alicia, can you just start by explaining to us what it means to be a restorative justice practitioner?
1: For sure. So I think restorative justice is, there are so many meanings around restorative justice. And I put it as simple as repairing harm, not the criminal way, but really repairing harm. A restorative justice practitioner is basically being able to hold circles, healing circles, conflict circles, what have you, and trying to figure out a different way to repair harm instead of criminally. So I'll put that as simple as that's what it feels to me that restorative justice practitioner does.
0: Yeah. Well, who who are the kinds of people that you find that you work with in these settings?
1: I think mostly the people that's been through the trauma, the people that's actually lived lived through trauma and actually could tell you about healing and not just telling you what they were taught but telling you what they know because they've been through it themselves mm-hmm. me myself I've been through you know trauma the criminal system just me fighting my case I was introduced to restorative justice while I was fighting my case and I think um repairing harm through the restorative justice lens was helpful for me so
0: what does it mean to you to be an abolitionist in 2022
1: That's a really, really good question. I think abolition is as simple as we don't want any prisons, any jail systems, no systems at all. Just cutthroat like that. Um, I went to a seminar not too long ago, and one of the professors said being an abolitionist, being prepared to um, build something in place. So you're willing to knock it down, but are you willing to figure out what, what could be in place of that? So I think that's what abolition is, no systems at all.
0: I love that as a definition for abolition, That because it, it also speaks to imagination, right? You have to be willing to imagine a different world. Exactly. Well, can you just tell us a little bit about the Final Five campaign, which is how we found you?
1: Definitely. So final five campaign is um, we're trying to abolish the rest of the five youth prisons in Illinois. Now there's six. There's a six prison being built um, in Lincoln, Illinois.
0: Oh, there's another one being built right now. Yes,
1: right oh. now, currently, which they're spending billions of dollars. And we could go all into that, that these, um, those dollars could be spent in resources that youth really need. But, um,
0: you know, schools.
1: Yeah, schools, mental health services, housing, education. Food. Yeah. The list goes on and on. Yeah. But since we know that's a long-term goal, we have little working groups that we um, to help the the youth now to help um, support them. So we have reentry, we have podcasts, we have alternatives, and then we have weekly meetings that we actually have five youth that's incarcerated that comes and supports us. In these meetings, we just talk about issues that's going on in our world right now, and also clemencies, things like that.
0: Wow. So, this is a very complicated question that I'm sure like hundreds of people have written their dissertations on, but I I just am wondering what your opinion is. I used to teach high school and then worked at an education nonprofit and we spend an average of $17,000 a year educating a child in the United States in public schools. And we spend an average of $200,000 a year keeping kids in prison. So it is much cheaper (laughs) to educate kids. For sure. So how did we become a country that decided it was a good idea to lock up children?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think that's a good question. I actually just, um we just had a podcast release event, which is free to Youth, So check it out. Great. But in that, we had some of our youth come from the youth prison to come, you know, do a field trip and come check us out. And I took that time to really dive deep with some of the um some of the staff that came to Al uh, cop in um, the youth and one mark was like basically asking us, what do you do about those people that want punishment?
0: Like the older people that's stuck in their
1: ways. They want punishment.
0: And you mean they want to watch people who they perceive as having committed crimes to be punished.
1: Exactly. So he's asking me, you don't want prisons, but what do you do about those people that want punishment? Mm-hmm. And I said, simple as that, one, you could definitely change people's minds. That's like older people, how you say they're kind of stuck in their ways. Yeah. And I feel like we could definitely change their minds with the research we've been doing. We went to California a couple months ago and we've seen that California is closing all of the their youth prisons right now. And in place, there's going to be reentry people and um, mentors and organizations and things like that. I think it's money. It's honestly money. I think the prisons are um, making a lot of people money. This, you know, The jobs are they're top paying and it's just making cities and towns a lot of money, um, things like that. So I think all of it boils down to is money and people being stuck in their ways. They want punishment. They're not open-minded to figure out what else can we do to put in place instead of these prisons that's not working. So yeah, I could go on and on, but I really think it rolls down to money and not being open-minded to figuring out what really works, what really works yeah. in the society.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I asked you this huge question and right, like financial reward and essentially corruption is the like, really dirty version of your answer. I'm also wondering your thoughts on how systemic racism participates in mass incarceration in this willingness to lock children up.
1: Definitely. Um, I could break down the numbers um, as much as I can, but I say very simply, Black and brown youth are the majority of youth that's incarcerated. We have Harrisburg and Pier Marquette, which is way down south of Illinois. And a lot of our kids from the city are incarcerated down there where they're being treated horribly because they're racist. The towns are racist and they're putting it in these towns where majority of staff will be white because that's, you know, that's what the town is made up of. And they can't see their, you know, they can't see their family because they're all the way um, from the city, which is six, seven hours away. So all that to say the neighborhoods that being locked up is our black and brown youth. And um that that's just the stats. There's more resources in white neighborhoods, privileged neighborhoods, than city or um, I say welfare neighborhoods or whatever the case may be. And since that's happening, the kids don't have that much resources and they're finding resources other ways and they're, you know, locking them up. So that's the yeah, that's a very simple answer. Just looking yeah. at the stats and the facts. Black and Brown youth it's populating these youth persons.
0: Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about these kids who are imprisoned? What is their day-to-day life look like?
1: We actually like I said we have five youth right now that we work with um weekly via Zoom. They come to our weekly meetings and we also try to visit them either once or twice a month in person. Um we also work with Liberation Library Liberation, Liberation Library is a um an organization full of volunteers that sends books to incarcerated youth. But with that, we've been able to um, put out a Liberation Library newsletter. They come out quarterly, so we're on our fifth issue now. And we did focus groups every week to all the facilities that we... So we we built a relationship with these youth. That's what I'm trying Mm -hmm. to um, get to. And um, out of all of that, their day-to-day is, especially around COVID, when COVID times were happening, they have little to no movement as usual. They have little to no programming. Um, it's kind of starting to pick up now because COVID is kind of restricting. But what's happening now is, since COVID is lifting up, the bands are lifting up. They have all these youth from the counties coming in. So now mm-hmm. it's becoming overpopulated again. And what's and now what's mm-hmm. happening? More fights, less staff, but more you know more 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 youth, mm-hmm. and they still have no programming. They still have nothing to do. So. We get this look at, you know, IDJJ like, oh, they have all this stuff coming. They do pizza parties. They do and I and and we know to know that like can we talk to the youth, these things aren't true. Every every yeah. facility is different for sure. Um some you know has more youth than some. Some is an open campus, some is not. Um, but I think all boils down to is no programming some privilege. If you're in honors, quote unquote, then you get to do all these things. But if you're not on honors, quote unquote, whatever that means, you don't get to do a lot of field trips. You don't get to do a lot of things. Um, Some of them go to school, but if they're graduating, there's sometimes not much for them to do because they're not going to school anymore. And a lot of them have a lot of time. They've been in here for three plus years and they will be there until they're 21 and probably go to um, adult prison, um, whatever case may be. But they're kids and they have Nothing to do. Sometimes they can't even go outside because they don't have a lot of staff. Some of the facilities don't even have an outside area for them to go to. So if they're not going on field trips, they'll never see outside. So yeah, I think like I said, everything is different, but it all boils down to them not having programming, them not seeing much people, school. Some of them go to school. If they graduated, then what do they do all day? I don't know. Sometimes have programming, um, if the facility is willing for that to happen. Yeah, definitely not being kids though. Definitely, um, it's depressing depressing in there yeah so (laughs) i can go on and on about that um yeah so yeah for sure
0: no it's really helpful so this episode is going to be released on juneteenth which you know is now the federally recognized national holiday celebrating the emancipation of enslaved african americans where would you say we are on the path of emancipation well
1: that's a good question um Nowhere near where we need to be. I'd say nowhere we need to be. We still have systems, and these systems are. Could you could definitely say there's still like slavery or, you know, whatever the case may be. So, definitely nowhere. We're we're not coming together and figuring out what's the ending goal. How we could like um could I get to in, like emancipation or no slavery or, yeah, a lot of the CEOs are stuck in their ways. They don't like where IDJJ is going um, because it's, um, it's quote unquote, a better place for the youth. And, you know, they're trying to do all these things in place and stuff like that. But a lot of the COs are not, you know, open minded to that. So, yeah, and it's not it's not helping the youth. So, yeah, it's definitely I go on a lot, but it's definitely know where it needs to be for sure.
0: I hope and I think that a lot of our listeners are going to want to act based on the things that you have said. And I'm wondering if you can just give some recommendations as to what people can do while they are fired up and inspired by the things that you've been sharing.
1: For sure. I think um, supporting organizations, I say, somebody told me before, it's like, you know, around the times where something big has happened and they want to donate to these organizations. But remember, we're always doing this work and we're always living this day-to-day. So when we're not, quote-unquote, an item anymore, we're still here. We're still doing the organization. So supporting organizations like the Final Five campaign, following social medias. Um, we're starting to do more action plans. So if you are in Illinois or wherever you are, follow the organization that's doing the action plans and come out and support us, donating, you know, and I'll say for Final Five, we have a podcast, which I said before, Free the Youth. It's on Spotify and other platforms. So if you just support us that way and just listening to, we have people that's really lived this, you know, this life. Um, so supporting, and listening to us. Um, we have a reentry toolkit coming out. Um, so we're trying to get this toolkit to all the all the youth that's getting out of Illinois, whether it's counties or prisons, and um it's basically, we did focus groups around this. So we tried to figure out the struggles of everybody that's been getting now. We've been working on that about a year. It'll be um out hopefully in August. So you can open the book, how do I get an ID? How do I get a link card? How do I figure out mental health services? We're going to have a coupon page. So supporting things like that. If you know somebody in Illinois, a youth in Illinois, oh, Final Five has a free toolkit that's coming now. So wherever you are, if it's not in Illinois, California, wherever you are, Supporting organizations, um, just like us, following them on social media, figuring out what they're doing every day. Oh, they have an action plan? Let, let me try to go support. And it's free to do that if you have the time. So things like that. Calling your governor and telling them to um, shut down the prisons and, you know, phones, apps, things like that.
0: Yeah. And if you look in the show notes, everyone, we have put links to where to donate and some of the other resources that Alicia and other people at the Final Five campaign have pointed us to. Alicia, any last thing that you want to make sure our listeners know before we say goodbye today?
1: No, I just say thank you all for listening. Um, Like I've said throughout this whole time, just support us, follow us, donate if you can, if you can't. If you have time, just, you know, yeah, definitely support us. And um, we're going to continue fighting this fight. And um, hopefully we will be able to abolish all five, six prisons now in the near future and continue supporting our young people through it all and being in community with them. So
0: Alicia, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been a Not Sorry production. This episode was executive produced and edited by Ariana Nettleman. Our producer is AJ Aramas. We are distributed by Acast. A special thanks this week to Hannah Rehack, who works at Not Sorry, for introducing us to the work of the Final Five campaign. And a most special thanks to Alicia Brown. You can donate to the Final Five campaign at thefinal5campaign.com. And now we're going to hear the poem Alicia wrote about her time in which she was incarcerated.
1: So title is Head Up, Alicia. Fast lane, mind, body, and soul, lost. Thoughts, seem like I don't have those. Turn up, slow down, turn up, slow down. Weed and liquor kept me from having a frown. Head up, Alicia. Take is all I knew. Even if driving is all I had to do. You're under investigation for an armed rob. Words barked at me. Stars is all I could see. 72 hours went past. Brown, why aren't you eating? You're pregnant, I was asked. You're being charged with... Armed what? Head up, Alicia. Cook County, 26 and Cal. The smell inside was so foul. I'll be here for a couple of hours, as if I had any powers. For sure, I'll get let off the hook. $50,000 D bond, my freedom is what they just took. The judge had no sympathy, couldn't even give me no empathy. The words that followed just echoed. Authority, please let it go. Will I be handcuffed as I'm having my ultrasounds? Regular doctor appointments? Hell, will I be handcuffed as I'm having my babies? They totally don't give a fuck that we're still ladies. Fuck. Head up, Alicia. Dreaming I'm in jail. Wake up, I'm really in hell. Praying my twins won't be born in this place. Females surround me, all carrying a little one. Only difference with me, I'm carrying one plus one. I swear I'm done after this. If I ever get out to give them a kiss. Head up, Alicia. Brown, pack it up. I damn near threw my cup. Am I going home? The CEO put down the phone. Don't come back. I promise to stay on track. Tears flowing down my mom's eyes. I'm so sorry, mom. I'm sorry for all the lies. Whisper to my three-month pregnant belly. I'll be the best mom to you babies forever and ever. I won't see this place again. Never. Head is up, Alicia.